From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for June 10th, 2009. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week by my good friends, Walter Eccles, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, John Magi, Teresa Eccles, and Kathy Whirling. We better not expand this team anymore. I'm going to run out of breath reading everybody's names. Uh, in this week's show, Kevin Close gives us his review of the new Paradiso 37 restaurant at downtown Disney. Kathy Whirling reports on Stitch's supersonic celebration. Also, we have a new segment this week called Facebook to Facebook. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. And also, we have a long overdue edition of Stump the Roundtable. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire and this week's news on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. I don't know if I'm rested enough for this quiz that's going to happen. Oh, well. You should have a chance to cram. <laughs> Poor thing. It's a, a pop test. Is the this whole, where you have a dream about going to school in your underwear? Yeah. <laughs> that's the whole point of Stump the Roundtable. I have to spring it on you. It's a hard one this week, too. So we'll see how good you guys really are. But a um, couple things in housekeeping. First, uh, we have a correction from last week's show. Uh, I love our listeners. If I get anything at all wrong, they are on it like white on rice. Uh, I had mentioned that I did not think you could get food at the pub in the UK in Epcot or at the Tune-In Lounge at the 50s Primetime Cafe, and apparently that is incorrect. Uh, you can order from a limited menu at the pub in the UK, and the Tune-In Lounge does offer the full menu from the 50s Primetime Cafe. Now, I remember being at the 50s Primetime I don't know if it was earlier this year or last year, but I I remember specifically asking our server if you could order food at the bar, and he had told me no. That's why I thought that, no, you couldn't. So I stand corrected. I just wanted to make sure we uh, got that out there. You can eat at the pub in the U.K. at the bar, and you can also eat at the Tune-In Lounge at the 50s prime time. So all you people, all you lonely people traveling alone who want to eat at the bar, like a sad alcoholic, there you go. Another thing I want to mention is uh, we have sold out for the uh, Disneyland behind-the-scenes tour on the 20th. So, uh, Oh, good. You got those bugs worked out with the booking thing and all that? Oh, dear God. Mm. <laughs> Please. That was a nightmare and a half. But, uh, yeah, everything's been worked out. Awesome. Everyone who registered is on the list, and uh, registration is now closed. For that, for that event. So I will see everybody that signed up for that on the twentieth at uh, nine a.m. outside in the in the center of the courtyard area between Disneyland uh, Disneyland and California Adventure. And I think I'm going to plan a little something for afterwards for everybody. A little get together somewhere. I don't know where yet. Got to figure out where I can put forty people. So, anybody else have any housekeeping? I do. I will have. The restaurant review finalists for you next week. Oh, excellent. Excellent. I was going to ask you about that. I will have them next week. Now that Kevin's not blind anymore. I'm not blind. I actually went to the eye doctor yesterday, and I don't have to go back for three months. Wow. Everything's good. Yay. Everything's good. Uh, I also have, um, I understand we have a new fan. Uh, Her name is Molly, and she's from Scotland. She's B. Robeson's daughter, Jackie. And uh, apparently Jackie's got her listening to the podcast, and she loves us now. And now all of a sudden she's listened to two podcasts, and she thinks she should go on the cruise. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we want, I wanted to say hello to Molly. Hello, Molly. And speaking of the cruise, the uh, Podcast Cruise 2.0 for December of 2010, oh, my Lord. We're almost at 450 people on this yeah. cruise right Whoa. now. That was going to be my housekeeping. We have over 200 staterooms. Uh-huh, I stole your housekeeping. As of right now. You're such a genius. <laughs> I am a genius. Just don't let him steal our housekeeper. Really? It's um, okay. I have my own housekeeper now, and he's doing a magnificent job, I must say. Over 200 staterooms booked. We have quite a few people who have put in inquiries for more staterooms, so keep them coming. The more we book, the more we'll hold the group space. So come yeah. on, join us. Where so are we going to take that group photo? <laughs> yeah, we're not going to really. fit in the, uh, We're going to be on Castaway Key, and they'll have to take it from the ship <laughs> from, this time. Yeah, do from an aerial, like do an aerial shot over <laughs> Castaway Key. I just want to also remind everybody about Diz Radio. If you haven't checked out Diz Radio, um, God, it's I can't believe the uh, the listenership has just exploded in the last few months for Diz Radio. That's our twenty four seven. Uh, radio station on Live 365 plays nothing but Disney music all day, all night, and uh, people really seem to enjoy it. I actually enjoy listening to it too. So I guess you know, must be good then, right? So, anything else for housekeeping? I have prizes. Oh, okay. Maddie and Emily—they called in last week. Yeah, um, the Riley girls. Are they the ones who uh, raise money for Give Kids the World? Yes, yes they are. Oh, okay. that's really cute. Number 24 was their number. Number 24 for Maddie and Emily. <laughs> oh, wait. Wrong, wrong bank. Sorry. I don't want to play that one. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you win prize. You have won a Segway Tour for two. You and a- okay. Well, well, together they'll be old enough to do it, right? <laughs> and tall enough. You're not old enough for that one, so... Uh, I'm just going to randomly hit a button here. If I can. (laughs) (laughs) He said Walter's lap. You have won two seven-day Universal Orlando passes. These passes are good for seven consecutive days from the date of first use for access to both Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure. Total cost of this prize is approximately $180. Thanks for listening, and congratulations. Yeah, wow, really good. Now only mom and dad have to pay. So <laughs> they stand outside and watch. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, congratulations, Maddie and Emily. And then we have Belinda, who was uh, Belinda Jones. She was our May random winner. <laughs> we still have to come up with a good name for that. <laughs> She's number 49. Number 49. You have won... A Disney PhotoPass CD on your next visit to the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando or the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California. You'll be able to have all your photos sent to you on CD through Disney's PhotoPass system. Just obtain a PhotoPass ID card from any Disney photographer in the parks and present it every time a photographer takes your picture. When you get home, you'll be able to view your photos online via DisneyPhotoPass.com and order a CD of all your vacation memories. The approximate retail value of this prize is $125, yours courtesy of DreamsUnlimitedTravel.com and the Diz Unplugged. Congratulations. Yay. Yay. Cool. And I also, uh, I've also been in touch, I've got, uh, I did pick three winners uh, for May from the, uh, 
uh, reviews. reviews, and I'm just waiting for them to get back to me. So, Did you get the last email from the gentleman who picked a number? The man who said I was a genius picked a number. He picked number 11. Who was he? Derek. Oh, good, because John I knows his wrong. name. I know his name. I he knows everything the, about him. from New Jersey or wrong? Yeah, yep. from Richfield. Yeah, well, he, um, that's fine. Yeah, because I didn't have the correct info to contact him, so I'm glad he did that. John's He's my fan. personally deliver his prize. Oh, sure will. All right, so number 11 for Derek. My one and only fan. No, you've got one more this week. I oh, love this. Play it now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't wait till the end. have won a $25 gift certificate good at any Disney store or Disney theme park. Yay. Thanks for listening and congratulations. <laughs> That's what get linking me. It's really easy That's for me to award those. <laughs> All right. Anything else for housekeeping? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Anyone? Martin. Martin. <laughs> really? <laughs> All right. Let's start with the news. Our first news story this week, Ritz Carlton has introduced a new luxury timeshare product modeled closely after Disney Vacation Club. The new product costs from between $100,000 and $800,000. And instead of people giving people a specific week at a specific property, the Ritz-Carlton timeshare allows owners, owners to purchase points that will give them access to Ritz-Carlton properties worldwide. Uh, this is apparently now uh, a new trend among luxury hotels. They're kind of taking the... Uh, uh, the Disney model and uh, trying to apply but a hundred to eight hundred thousand. This is more, I think, more fractional ownership. Yeah, it falls on the fractional ownership. Um, Someone else did that too. Someone else changed to the point system for uh, timeshares. So I think we're going to see more and more companies do that. Well, yeah, because it's worked so well for Disney. Right, it makes more sense too. You're not locked into a week. Yeah. You can go whenever you want. Assume you're going to vacation the same week every year. It's kind of right. kind of crazy. And I, I'm sorry, but for a hundred thousand bucks, what you could buy at Disney, you could have. I mean, that's what nearly like eight 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 hundred points, nine hundred points you could have for a thousand bucks right now. Cause I also think there's a limit on the number of points you can buy. I'm sure someone will write in and and tell me what that is, but you can only buy a certain number of points to, to stay. A hand, See, Derek, months. he doesn't even know this. Shut up. Yeah. The genius doesn't know this. <laughs> you can only buy a certain number of points to say to stay six months out of the year. Yeah, if you stay longer than that, you're you able to vote. Yeah. Yeah, you got you you, you establish residency. If you're here six months out, more than six months out of the year. I mean they assume they have they must have like you know, villas in France or something like that. that must be part of their timeshare, right? Uh I for Ritz Carlton, who knows? I'm guessing. I would like one of these. You would like one? <laughs> No, <laughs> I'll take DV. I'd take DVC over that, really. But Kevin just wants to go to Paris. Yeah. <laughs> he just wants to go to Paris, John. He just does. He's what a bad husband you are! So sad. What yeah. is sad? Isn't Such it? a bad husband. So adventures by Disney, Kevin. I don't want to do that. They don't do Disneyland Paris on the uh, the London they Paris tour. They offer that as an add-on. Yeah. Hmm. But I don't want to do... I don't want to... You, you want, want to freestyle it? Pace. I do. Yeah. I, I want to do it. I want to wander. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any desire to see Paris. I have great desire to see England, to see London. That I mean, that's very, very high up on my list after Australia. 
I don't want to. Want, I don't want to. Was that a hint? There either. Huh? Was that a hint? No. Why? Hinted for another trip from Adventures by Disney. <laughs> no. I know. I'm only kidding. <laughs> Not particularly. Um, but if I was to do London, I would have to take like three or four days and shoot over to pa- Disneyland Paris. I'd have to see it. I would like to see Disneyland Paris also. However, I can't imagine going to Disneyland Paris and missing Paris. Right? Yeah, there'd be no way. I actually would rather see Paris. I, I, I just I got to be honest with you. There is absolutely no interest in Paris for me. None. I don't know why there should be. I just it's just no interest in Paris for me. I could absolutely go see Disneyland Paris and not go into the city. I'd love to go. So I'll go with you, Kevin. Okay, Julie and I. We'll see you later. <laughs> I'll be We're in Philly. <laughs> All right, well, our next news story, uh, speaking of uh, Australia, uh, remember that marketing uh, promotion they did in Australia where uh, they wanted to find somebody to be the caretaker of one of the islands off the Great Barrier Reef? Uh, the, uh, they called it, I think, it was the best job in the world. Best job in the world, right. $150,000 for six months, and you get to you know blog about you know being the caretaker of this island. Well, Orlando has apparently copied... This concept, albeit in a much, uh, how do we put it, a much more ghetto fashion, um, it's uh, entitled 67 Days of Smiles in Orlando. The, Orange, the Orlando Orange County Convention and Visitors Bureau is looking for, quote, an adventurous pair with great smiles uh, to document 67 days in Orlando using photos, video, and social networking sites like Facebook and MySpace. According to the press release, the winning pair will experience every attraction in Orlando over the course of 67 days. They will live rent-free in a two-bedroom apartment in downtown Orlando, which is not what it's cracked up to be, trust me, I've, I've lived there, and receive $25,000 to cover their living expenses for the 67 days. I read about this. That they are. They're going to do something different each day. I thought about this, and I thought, I can come up with 15 days. What are you going to do those other days? Yeah, really? <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's seven. That's a lot of days. It's going to be all that sort of, you know, go uh, airboating and all I mean, that sky venturing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Probably go to the uh, Museum of Art, Eco-tour. maybe go to the History Center. You could spend 100 Center. days just on iDrive. <laughs> t-shirt shop. <laughs> oh, I didn't count those in. <laughs> the fun spot... <laughs> go, 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 go shopping in Pine Hills. Yeah, yeah, this, that's this an adventure. It's kind of chummy, isn't it? Chumpy, isn't it? Chumpy, it is. That's get, why I said it's, it's like it's like the ghetto version of the uh, best job in the world. You get to stay at the Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> Disney should do that. I become a caretaker of Discovery Island for thirty days. <laughs> it's like overrun with gators and snakes <laughs> and bird poop. Survivor it's, Discovery Island. It just, it's, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I appreciate that, you know, Orlando is trying to come up, you know, the Convention Visitors Bureau is trying to come up with uh, something creative uh, to do uh, for the, uh, you know, to, to promote tourism, but I don't know. It just, when you compare it to, you know, obviously they got the idea from the best job in the world promotion from Australia. And this, you know, you just put these things side by side, and it's kind of like, it's chumpy. It also sounds exhausting. <laughs> it really does. You know, the guy who won the thing in Australia gets to go swimming every day. Right. And he's just got a Twitter and Facebook about it. And, and lay in a hammock. 
and lay in a hammock, basically. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't really have to do anything. They're going to drag these people around for 67 days. You know, we all know what it feels like to do Orlando for a week on vacation and how exhausted you are. After that, can you imagine doing it for 67 days? <laughs> the, blog's, the blog's going to be too tired to blog. <laughs> <laughs> these people are never going to want to come back here. <laughs> they will never come back to Orlando again. They'll leave here going, okay, I've seen more than I care to see. I think they need to find someone definitely who has never been to Orlando, which may be a difficult task because they may be a little more excited about doing all these things for 67 days. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see who they end up finding to do this. Um, The other story I wanted to talk about this week, uh, no rant here, but uh, everyone knows that uh, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Orlando Magic are in a some kind of big series. Finals. Yeah. Finals, whatever it is. <laughs> Hockey tournament. And <laughs> softball, to, what is this? To show that, you know, I, I have nothing against the magic, per se. Um, it's simply the use of the tourist tax dollars to build these people an arena that I have a problem with. But uh, just to show that there is no uh, animosity toward the magic, go magic. And I'll say this for one reason and one reason only. Because of the crap they are writing in the Los Angeles Times about Orlando. Oh. There is some really, and they're really being oh, nasty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they were really taking Orlando out for a walk. But, you know, by all measures, Los Angeles is a city in major decline. I don't know where they get off trashing, <laughs> trashing I Orlando. I Kobe Bryant. For the Lakers, I just can't stand. Nobody can. Everyone I, that yeah. I've talked to is. Isn't he the rapist? That. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. I haven't read the articles. They're they're actually picking on Orlando. Oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're actually yeah they're, they're they're writing they're they're talking trash about Orlando. In the L.A. Times and now the Orlando Sentinel in today's paper, uh, today's Tuesday, uh, in today's paper, you know they kind of struck back. Yeah, this is uh, actually an article by Mike Thomas, who's a columnist in the Sentinel, and uh, he's he, he quotes some of the uh, things the LA Times has been saying. In Orlando, the best restaurant is a Dairy Queen. Um, Orlando has cockroaches the size of Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> well, that one is <laughs> that's true. true. Um, and. Uh, all Mike Thomas had to say was, Los Angeles has Spencer Pratt and Heidi Montag. Yes. That right there is enough. Okay. What have you been, just to go off track a little bit, you've been watching. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Yeah, every minute I go shower. Okay. I Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the two of them. Oh, God. I just can't sterilize the, the narration in the show. With the two nobodies? Oh, my God. They <laughs> yeah. have to repeat everything. And they say their name. Yeah. I'm so-and-so, and I'm so-and-so. And I think, I still never heard this of This is you. what's going to happen. This, this is what just happened. Really? So, <laughs> they do recap here's, a lot. Here's, yeah. here's some of what uh, he writes, some more of what he writes. California is epitomized by its governor. Remember when Arnold was ripped with muscles, bigger than life, and full of cigar-chomping swagger? He was beloved by all, a towering presence on the national stage. And now I see this updated picture in the tabloids. Arnie looks old, tired, and irrelevant. His once mighty pecs have turned to man breasts, and his six-pack abs to Jabba the Hutt love handles. (laughs) 
Yet he still wears his black Speedo, <laughs> sadly clinging to a bygone era. Now look at Florida Governor Charlie Crist. He is youthful tan, glowingly vacuous, thinner than Reese Witherspoon. He is Sarah Palin's future vice president. He is Speedo material. Our governor looks more like a governor of California than the governor of California. So there's a, a trash-talking war apparently now going on between uh, the Orlando Sentinel and the L.A. Times. But, uh, you know, when you start getting into that stuff, i gotta, I got to stick up for where I live. So screw the Lakers. <laughs> Hope you go down in a ball of flames. <laughs> Not that I care anything at all about basketball, but... You start trash talking Orlando. Yeah, when it comes down to it, you need to pull for a team. The home and team. if you're living in Orlando, you pull for Well, Orlando. I mean, normally, I mean, really and truly, normally the only time I ever like really get interested and watch this stuff like this, and never with basketball, um, maybe once or twice in my life with football, but with baseball, if it's the Yankees, if it's the Yankees in a playoff game or a World Series game, that I watch. Um, that I watch, but that's about it. But uh, up until the time I started seeing the trash talk going on, I was like, eh, who cares? You know, I didn't, like I said, I have no ill will against the magic themselves. Just the fact that our government is letting them take money that they shouldn't be getting and uh, build an arena with it. Is anybody following the playoffs? What is it, 2-0 Lakers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. By the time this goes up, it could be over. No, it won't be over. I'm no, it's a best of seven series, right? So... Well. They're two away, so. Well, stranger things have happened. Yeah, you're rooting for a basketball team. (laughs) 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 Oh, all right. That'll do it for the news this week, folks. We're going to move on to rapid fire. I would like to go first. Ferris is going to need to eat, so. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Disney has signed up for more Hannah Montana. They had said the third season would be the last, but reports are saying that there will be a fourth season of the hit Disney Channel show. This is according to Variety Magazine and the Disney Channel Worldwide President, Gary Marshall, and filming will begin in early 2010. The show has an average of 4.4 million viewers per episode, and the August 17, 2007 episode was the highest rated series telecast in the history of basic cable television. Yeah, but that was 2007. I know, but and, I just wanted to... you know, to- she's... This is what Disney does, though. They, they find a property like this, and then they run it into the ground. They soak yeah. every blessed dime out of it they can get. Well, I know there are plenty of little Hannah Montana fans out there, so they have some hope for another season. Regardless of what you think of the star or any of the circumstances... I still think this is a good show for kids. Oh, no, absolutely. It's a positive role model for little girls. Oh, absolutely. No question about it. I think it's, there's nothing wrong with Hannah Montana. I got nothing against Miley Cyrus. I just, I I just have this feeling that, you know, this kid's going to be 67 years old and still playing this role. (laughs) I I watch it every week. I love it. I've seen them all. Weekly, daily, hourly at our house. Really? Yeah, Stella's just getting into it. Oh, Lord. We've seen all the episodes. I know, yeah, I know my niece Bridget is a big Hannah Montana fan, so. Taylor loves Hannah Montana. It's like those high school musical kids, though. She's not going to look like a high schooler for very long. No. No, not at all. Not with the way she's dressing these days. (laughs) I'm not even questioning that. I'm just talking about the fact that in 2010, what's she going to be, 20? No. (laughs) She's only 16. (laughs) Because she's going to be 17. Yeah, still in all. Well, good for her. She got another another season. 
Now if they don't renew that uh, Life on Deck show, I hate that show. That's the two twin boys. Oh, they annoy me. Zach oh, and Cody. Ooh. Yeah. Cole and Dylan Sprouse. No. Their boat sailed when they were in Big Daddy. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. You're talking and all I hear is blah, 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 exactly. blah, blah. It's like a foreign language going it on is. over there. All right, well, thank you for that, Julie. Teresa. Oh, I do have one. Let me get it out here. House of Blues. Pat Benatar's coming on 628 for all you Pat Benatar fans. I have her hair today. That was Julie so funny. Told I walked in and told her, you look like Pat Benatar today. I thought it was more Liza when I got home last night. So she'll be here on 628. Um, also, this Saturday, tickets go on sale for the Pet Shop Boys coming to House of Blues. Y'all excited about that? No? Pet Shop Boys? It was Miss, only it's Miss Pat of, Benatar. That's a different. Out of story. the list, that's the only two names I recognize. We like the venue at House of Blues. It's really, really nice, intimate. Now, when is Pat Benatar there? Um, twenty eighth of this month. We'll be back. Pat Benatar was playing the night we did the uh, Halloween Horror Nights. Right. Yeah. Uh, she sounds incredible. She, she was. Good. She looked great too. I mean, from what I could see on the big screen, I couldn't get close enough. But you know, good for her. She's still playing. Who also looks great as Miss Pat Midler. Oh if, yeah. Uh, if anybody watched Kathy Griffin's My Life on the Deed List last night, God Almighty! I mean, Bet's been around since like Moses. Gosh, she's sixty two. We have actually seen that show, and there's a reason she's so skinny. She runs back and forth on that in six inch heels. Oh, she's crazy. And it does the most incredible things. One of the things she does, she lays flat on the stage, and I've, I, I I can't even believe she can do it. And she puts her hands on the stage like she's going to do a push-up, and she's wearing six-inch heels. And she pushes her hands back and her toes forward and comes up to a complete toe touch on six-inch heels with just using her arms and her legs. I couldn't, I couldn't believe she did it. We sat there with open mouths. She's unbelievable. So, all right, Pat Benatar and the Pet Shop Boys. Cool. Thank you, Teresa. Miss Kathy Worling. Um, I have the celebration at um, the Kennedy Space Center. They're going to celebrate the 40th anniversary of man's first steps on the moon. It's Thursday, July 16, 2009, at 11 a.m. at the Apollo Saturn V Center. Um, people like me that have watched every one of the, the space launches, when I got this email, I was just like, I was just like thrilled to pieces that they were um, doing this. The Apollo astronauts, Buzz Aldrin, Charlie Duke, Al Warden, Edgar Mitchell, and Walt Cunningham are going to be at this opening. Neil Armstrong's not showing up for it. No, but Buzz Aldrin, that would be cool to see. And um, it's going to show rarely seen treasures from the Apollo moon missions. And if you've ever been there, the Saturn V building is part of the tour. Um, They're recommending that you get there by um, 10 a.m. so that you can get on the bus and get out there to see it. So... My daughter and I will be there. Um, we'll be taking lots of pictures. Um, well, Dave, Dave, Dave Parfit's also yeah. going to be out there. Uh, I found out this week, I didn't know, his father worked uh, as an engineer on the Apollo missions. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, He's a real rocket scientist. He's a true rocket scientist. So that should be, uh, should be very interesting. Dave is, uh, Dave is going to cover it uh, for us, so we will have that on the show that week. So. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. Thank you, Kathy. You're welcome. Corey Patrick. Donald Duck turned 75 today, which is Tuesday, June. What's the date? Let me see how much you know about Donald Duck in a little bit. Oh. There's a question about him. Okay. Well, let me tell you a little bit about him. 
I just have some uh, some tidbits. Over the years, he's been honored with a star on Hollywood's Walk of Fame. And impressions of his feet are on the sidewalk near Hollywood's Grauman Chinese Theater. He's appeared in 128 films, more than Mickey Mouse. And while Mickey Mouse enjoys top billing in the United States and much of Europe, especially among Germans, it's Donald Duck who is the undisputed star. Hmm. Did not know that. Yeah. Very interesting. Happy birthday, Donald. Happy birthday. That's Car- uh, Corey's favorite character. It is. <laughs> I found that for him when I was searching for rapid fires this morning. And I sent it to him. He goes, this is kind of long. I said, pick some highlights. <laughs> <laughs> Be pithy. All right. Thank you, Corey. Kevin Close. Uh, I've been posting on the boards about the fact that I am in love with my Kindle. I've got mine right here. And I'm reading a book called The Devil in the White City, which is about the 1893 World's Fair in Chicago. And I came across something that I thought was worth sharing. This is the beginning. uh, It's part of the epilogue of the book where after the fair is over and they're just talking about the... uh, 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 the effect the, the fair had on the country and the world. And it says, The fair had a powerful and lasting impact on the nation's psyche in ways both large and small. Walt Disney's father, Elias, helped build the White City. That's what they referred to the fair as because all of the buildings were painted white. They called oh. it the White City. Walt's Magic Kingdom may well be a descendant of the White City. Certainly the fair made a powerful impression on the Disney family. It proved such a financial boon that when the family's third son was born that year, Elias, in gratitude, wanted to name him Columbus. His wife, Flora, intervened. The baby became Roy. Walt came next on December 5th, 1901. Uh, But they also go on to tell you that L. Frank Baum, the man who wrote The Wizard of Oz, they believe he created Oz based on the 1893 World's Fair, and that the Japanese temple that was part of the fair charmed Frank Lloyd Wright so much that they believe that influenced his style. Wow. But I thought it was interesting. Um, in 18, I mean, it started in 1892, and that was the 400th anniversary of Columbus discovering America because that happened in 1492. And this was called the Columbian Exposition, and it was in honor of the 14 or the 400th anniversary of Walt or Walt Disney. Wow. Gosh, of Christopher Columbus's discovery of America, and Frank or Walt Disney's father wanted to name Roy Columbus, wow. <laughs> and I love the name Columbus Disney. What does he mean by he helped build it? Was he an architect? Was he, he was one of the, the uh, a great many people from across the United States went to Chicago. It was a time of high unemployment in the United States, and the Disney family moved to Chicago. And the father was one of the workers who helped build the, the World's Fair. I have the perfect name for your imaginary children: Columbus <laughs> Disney, Close Magi. There you go. <laughs> Can I name your next child? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for that, Kevin. John. The Orlando Sentinel has reported that um, they found a filing that uh, the that the Walt Disney Company has made that looks like they're going to do, be installing an interactive queue as part of the, the renovations for Spaceship Earth. I read Earth. that, yeah. Um, no specifics, but uh, Reedy Creek Improvement District apparently ap- applied for something that uh, values the rehab at $12.3 million. And they're looking to reopen Spaceship Earth on November 21st. Space Mountain. Space Mountain on November 21st. Um, so it's so supposedly it's going to be like the interactive queue for Soren, but no specifics yet or no information. Interesting. Cool. We'll see what happens. Thank you, John. Walter. 
<clears throat> this is news from downtown Disney Westside. Disney extends the contract with Cirque du Soleil for another five years. It's unclear if it's going to stay Lanuba or if there's going to be any changes. I would I'm, think by now they'd want to change it because it's been thought, like for a long time. Yeah. I want to see it. You did see it, didn't you? It's been a while. It's been a long time. It hasn't changed. Well, be that as it may. I'll find somebody that wants to go with you because I ain't going. <laughs> oh, look, Teresa. Okay. Ter- Teresa's, Teresa's hands up. Oh, as long as she gets away from her kids, she'll go to anything. I was just going to say, <laughs> Teresa would go to the opening of an envelope. I just think she likes going out. I'll go. It's summer. She went to the opening of Burger King. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone. That'll do it for Rapid Fire this week. All right. Next up, something we haven't done in a long time. Stump the round table. We need buzzers. I have, <laughs> I have ten questions, and I'd like to see if the team, anyone on the team, can answer them. Question number one. How many years after the opening of Disneyland did the Haunted Mansion debut? Twelve. Incorrect. Six. It was there. No, it wasn't. Oh. Three. No. Eight. Two. Okay, just start coming up with numbers. It's, it's either 12 or 14. Didn't it open? 14 is the correct answer. I have to do the math. But they built it in 1967. It didn't open for two years. Right. Okay. Yeah, right. It was built while the park was being built. Where would you find Echo Lake? Oh, in uh, Hollywood oh, Studios. Studios. With the Hollywood Studios, correct. Where Gertie is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What ride opened in Disneyland in 1998 and closed... In 2000. Rocket Rods. Ooh, he's good. You're too fast. Sorry. I told you I need a buzzer. <sighs> All right. Let's change. now impress me. Impress me. I already have. How many attractions <laughs> How many attractions were ready for guests when Walt Disney World first opened in 1971? Oh, gosh. I don't know the number, but not all of them. Um, 13. Incorrect. Right. Let me go through them in my head. 10. Incorrect. Seven. Nope, not even close. Fifteen. Nope. <laughs> I'm just guessing. I was there in 1971. And you weren't counting the attractions? <laughs> Apparently not. I was 11. I never knew that was going to come in handy. Give up? Five. No. <laughs> All that time to come up with five? The correct answer is 23. Well... Now name them. I'm kidding. I was just going to say, what are you considering attractions? This is just, look, this is just what I found, okay? <laughs> I dispute every question and every answer. <laughs> I don't believe Wikipedia. It wasn't from Wikipedia. I'm kidding. What Disney attraction was the first to feature audio animatronics? Take your room? Correct. Whoa. Walter wow. Goff. I knew something about Disney. That's amazing. <laughs> in you what, were paying attention. In what year... Was the first e-ticket offered at Disneyland? Nineteen fifty-eight. I think it was later than that. I'm going to say nineteen sixty-six. No. I don't know. John was very close. It was nineteen fifty-nine. Nineteen fifty-nine. And what was it? Huh? What was it? No, it was the first time they, they made an e-ticket available, that you could buy oh, an e-ticket. Oh, I see. <clears throat> what Pixar film features the voices of Dave Foley, K. 
Kevin Spacey, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Hayden Panettiere, Panettiere, and John Ratzenberger. A Bug's Life. Correct. Ants. That is not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the other bug movie, sorry. In what Walt Disney World attraction do you get to see the backside of water? Oh, the oh, Jungle, Jungle Cruise. Oh, they all got that. How tall is Cinderella Castle? It's just short enough that they don't need to put a plane feet. light on it. 189 nope. feet? Correct, Kathy. Hey. Exactly. How much so, was it? 189 feet. This isn't feet. fair. I don't know the actual answer, but I can describe it. And it's made of a Lucabon. <laughs> All right. Now, really impress me, everybody. How many acres is Typhoon Lagoon? 25. No. Oh, no, it's two. Incorrect. I don't have a clue. Not a clue. Mr. Morton? No clue. 15. 56 Whoa. Wow. is the correct answer. Dang. 56. You guys did well. I, I, I knew an answer. Got, I'm uh, everything except you didn't get uh, Typhoon Lagoon. Um, you didn't get uh, E-Ticket. Um, didn't get uh, number, of number of attractions. Yeah, I don't think we did all that great. <laughs> no, you did <laughs> 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10, not bad. Not bad. You get a... A 70 or a, a, a D. Passing. It's a passing grade, just barely. In the Florida school system, we got A's. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not going to get a scholarship to the Disney College of Knowledge. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for uh, for playing. Uh, I thought we were doing Donald Duck trivia. <laughs> oh, you know what? I didn't have... I, um, like on my people to get He's 75 those. today. <laughs> no, there, I, there was, a, I, I guess I didn't include it in here. There was a question. Uh, what was his full, what's Donald Duck's full name? Fauntleroy is his middle name. There you go. There we go. See? What is it? I know Donald. Wow. <laughs> Donald Fauntleroy Duck. Fauntleroy. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. We are going to move on. Kathy, you want to tell us about uh, Stitches? Under, underwear party, <laughs> whatever it was. Stitches Supersonic Celebration. It's over in Tomorrowland. They built Stitch and Company their own stage. Um, this isn't an attraction that I would go running to see, but if you happen to be in Tomorrowland while it's going on, it goes on several times a day. It's a stage show. Um, a lot of people asked if there was shade. There is no shade unless you're standing way back um is this where the galaxy theater was no it's over what was the um the sky cars it's like in front of skyway to tomorrowland yeah it's in front of like where the bathrooms are like over that area like on the space mountain side yeah i know i know what you're talking about yeah but i'm a big fan of stitch but i don't know that i would go back to see this show again um the thing that I like about the Disney shows is that there's a, a touch of Disney in there. And I think with the Stitch show, it's like they forgot all that. And maybe that's how they, they see Stitch. But there's like, you know how usually when you go to a Disney show and you, you come out and you feel like, you know, you can dream and you can, you know, you get the warm fuzzies, or at least I do. Um, at the Stitch show, it's sort You're of... gay. <laughs> at this show, it was like a, a throwback to the disco days of... Um, you know, the, the short skirts and the, the high boots that I can remember wearing, like, back in the 70s. When she was in her 30s. <laughs> but they come out, and there's the guy's name, and I, it's Tip Somebody rather that... It starts out, they, they about 10 minutes before the show, they have a big screen TV 
um, TV station TNN that I think stands for something, but they don't ever explain what it is. And they have the different characters like Tom Morrow comes on and he gives you the um, Tomorrowland the, News Network. I was going to say Tomorrowland. Is that, oh, okay. Duh. Oh, okay. That's why my hair is blonde. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so they this start week. off. <laughs> they start off with the little news thing and they have their roving reporters and they, they sort of get you psyched up for it. And then it's like Stitch comes on the scene and, and it the show itself is like a combination of crush and the nemo show where they um that is the nemo show isn't it um <laughs> keep on going blondie <laughs> kathy did you see the show yeah i did actually see the show um, i had a dream about it <laughs> <laughs> that's how impressed i was with the show but anyway it's it's like a combination of a stage show and stitch is seeing the audience through the tv so he picks out little people in the audience and, you know, does funny things with them. Like the one guy they had stand up and they, they said that he had escaped from prison. And they talk, Stitch talks to the, the audience. And then as the show goes on and, and Stitch does some of his little mischievous little things, eventually Stitch comes out and he's Stitch Elvis. And that part of the show was cute. But in between there they have... Um, the announcer and they have the four dancing girls that dance to these boots are made for walking and uh, some of these other songs that it's like, okay, I I could go see this anywhere. This isn't like a Disney thing. I was surprised. I was there on Saturday. I don't know if it was because it was like a, a nice place to hang out. There were a lot of people that did go see it, but more adults than kids. So, Oh, they're doing songs like these boots are made for walking. And it kind of makes no sense. Idea. Well, yeah. Tomorrowland. Is there, a, is there a story to it? Is it tell a story or is it just kind of like a pro- stage production? It's like a production number. It's, In my opinion, all the stuff they do with Stitch is a little wank wank. I love Stitch. I'm so sad that it's not something good. <laughs> you know, I really, yeah, I think there's something they could do with Stitch. Yeah. Stitch, 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 yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yes, that's how I feel. Well, it is sort of strange that they built you know, a whole performance area just for Stitch. Well, they filled a void in that area. That whole area back there is just, there was nothing there in Tomorrowland. Yeah. At least they did something. But that was always a temporary spot for things like Magic Music Days. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And people who would perform in the parks. It just seems, it seems like they're trying to showcase that technology and they just can't figure out how to do it. That sort of interactive crush technology, but outside. It's just... If you get there early, there was some kids up um, bowling up next to the stage, and they all had, like, stitch hands, as I'm making stitch hands here, you know, with the claws, and they were bowling. So if you're a little kid, maybe you want to get to the stage show ahead of time. That part was cute. But the dance numbers, it didn't, you know, like I said, I didn't walk away feeling like, wow, that was really great or, you know, isn't that nice or there was a, a message. It was sort of like, yeah, let's just put this out there and the dancing girls were good but I don't know what I think did it, what did it have to do with Stitch there was no story there was no it just right sounds I, really I weird. think they need to tweak the story or the production number or something so don't run but if you're in the area and you want to see it it does happen several times a day is it a scheduled thing or is it yeah it's scheduled there's times and if you get there about 10 minutes ahead of time you can see the tnn network feed that was sort of cute but then it went downhill when they started the show 
So that's <laughs> wake me up when it's over. <laughs> if you yeah. can't avoid it, <laughs> right? if you need yeah. a good nap. <laughs> yeah, really. It seems weird that they would put so much money and so much effort into doing something and have it turn out like that. That's especially that's what when, I couldn't get. Especially when Stitch's Great Escape or Stitch's Amazing Adventure or whatever it's called, The Great Escape. It, it seems to be the most. Unliked uh, attraction in all of the Magic Kingdom. I totally agree. You said Stitch was dressed like Elvis? Because it's in the dark. That was his Halloween costume at Halloween. Well, also, in the... In, in the, the movie, he's emulating Elvis. She has Lilo has him say, "I want you to be more like Elvis because he's a model citizen." So throughout the movie, he oh, okay. Lilo loved Elvis. Elvis. And on the the beach, he dressed up like Elvis and played the guitar. I could see that happening, but the rest of it just sounds like a mess. Oh, and they also have two robots because part of <laughs> part of the that, that just made me think of that that it had absolutely nothing to do with it. That Stitch gets to go to Robo Mart. And he makes robots, what? and there's a blue robot and a red robot come out, and they dance to Mr. Roboto. That again, oh. I don't think it has anything oh, to do with downright Disney. awful. Yeah. What else have we got backstage? <laughs> <laughs> what old costumes are so we using? T- so Tomorrowland. So so like the the uh, the music for Tomorrowland now is these boots are made for walking, and Mr. Roboto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I may be an old fogey, but I liked when the Tomorrowland band came out and performed in that area. I would much rather see something like that than watch this stage show. Well, you talk about uh, Stitch's Great Escape. Um, Forty-one reviews on uh, the Diz reviews area. 3.5 out of 10. That yeah. much? Wow. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Generous. <huh? laughs> John likes that ride. It's like so that funny. <laughs> when, you consider, like when you consider the Tomorrowland Speedway as a 5.3. What oh. I think I like about that, it's not so much the, the ride itself or the interaction itself. I really admire the audio animatronic in it. This is an incredible piece mm-hmm. of machinery. And the things it does is... I have to tell you a Bob's story about Stitch's Great Escape. When I first, that opened when I first started working for the Diz, and Bob told me we had to go see it, and he asked me if I had a stopwatch. And I said, well, I do have that function on my phone. He said, we have to know the exact number of minutes and seconds this show is. And I said, okay. So I timed it, and when I came out, I showed him what it was, and I told him how long it was, and he said to me, now, did you include the pre-show? And I said, no. He said, well, you have to go back and do it again because you have to include the pre-show. <laughs> I finally said to him, what are you going to do with this information? He said, we, have to, we, we need to know this. And I thought, all right. So I went back and saw Stitch's Great Escape a second time so I could give you the exact number of seconds that the pre-show was. He thought that information was important. <laughs> God bless him. Do you remember when they Stitch decorated the castle? There was a day when... I do remember day- that. Now, I thought that was awesome, like how they decorated the castle. That was up before the opening of Stitch's Great okay. Escape. He toilet papered the castle. Mm-hmm. And it looked so realistic, but now my daughter thought that was just terrible that they did that. But now, when they do things like that with Stitch, I mean, I think that's genius. Do you like when you're on the monorail and he takes over yeah. the monorail? I think that's really yeah. cute. But I said, this stage show, they, they need to really rethink it. It's a shame. Well, all right. Well, thank you, Kathy. You're for- welcome. Letting us know about that. <laughs> What's the name of the show, Pete? <laughs> Stitches Underwear Party. <laughs> Stitches the Solid Gold Dancers. <laughs> oh, remember the Solid Gold Dancers? I do. Yeah. Yep. Sadly enough, so do I. And Denny Terrio. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, God. Danny He's Carrion. on Sirius uh, Radio. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. he has a radio show. Good for him. He's working. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he was working at a blockbuster. The, no, he does the disco show. We're out of Shrek. All right. We're going to move on to a new segment that uh, we'll see how this goes. See if we carry this on. I'm calling it Facebook to Facebook. Asked people on my Facebook page to submit questions um, for the team uh, individually about about us. Not you know not like our emails that we take, but questions they'd want to ask us about us. Oh. And uh, we'll start with the first one I'm looking at here, Liz. Liz, I'm not even going to try and pronounce your last name because I know I'll butcher it. So but forgive I need me. It. T H Y N G E. I knew that's. It. I I say thang, but I have no idea if that's right or well, not. Well, Liz wants to know what is the craziest moment during the recording of the podcast? The one that made you bust out laughing, or just scratching your head like you could not believe it just happened. Hold on a second. I've got. I can. I can tell you right now. I can tell you right now. Host to Guadalajara, Rico. <laughs> that's mine. Maxwell brought in the skeleton of the mouse from outside. That was Pete kept saying, "I smell something bad," or "I smelled something bad." He thought it was the tuna. It was not. It was a decomposing mouse. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. I would have to agree with you. I don't think I've ever laughed that hard in my life. And don't please don't send me hate mail. I've heard it all before. Yeah, really. I thought it was funny. It was funny. There's a segment that we don't we haven't played in a while and. I don't know why it keeps getting missed, but it's the one where Bob did the uh, behind the scenes at Animal Kingdom, where he went through the all animal enclosures um, and the cheaters. operator and the cheaters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that one had me laughing. That's a, that was a really good one. The one that had me laughing, um, we weren't even here. It was the Dole Whip one with Bob. That, that was one of the few ones that I, I've actually listened to, and it just caught me by surprise, and I was laughing so hard listening to the podcast. Oh, where he was going to bring in the, the Dole Whips and he ate them all. And he yeah. showed up with a cooler. Yeah. yeah. A cooler and five empty and trash. Dole Whip. Yeah, Dole Whip containers. What about you guys, Walter? Um, Not thinking of one? We bore him. No, it doesn't stand out, really. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's a lot of funny things. But she doesn't so think many. we're funny. <laughs> Short-term memory. Bring your easy off. <laughs> 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 I laughed about it uh, when I. It's four second. Hours like, later. <laughs> you know the time we did the um, the show for um, Sonola's class, and then the woman who had the the sound effects, and we were all dying. She had the email, and at first it sounds like New Age, and then she switches to some. Uh, Are you talking about the dive review? Yeah, the dive review. What does that have to do with it it Sonola's class? It was that was the same show that we were here so long. Day. And oh, at the end, oh, 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 everyone oh. was just losing it. Yeah. Okay. It's like, where's that non sequitur coming from? Remember David's in all his class? What about this email? <laughs> that's what he does to me. I think the looks on John's face just make it every week for me. If everybody can just see I'm it. not making any looks. The odd looks. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way my face is all the time. <laughs> Kathy, what about you? I think we just have a great time every week. I mean, there's something that happens funny every week that people don't get to Hold hear. on. She needs some of this now. <laughs> she talked about the easy off And they were talking about that on the boards Was I here? Yes, yes. Apparently you were sleeping I don't remember any of he it He talked about going to the to Fort Wilderness And he said just make sure you bring easy, easy off, off Instead of off Or cutter or bug spray 
Yeah. I don't remember this at all. Yeah, we were all laughing at that. I have Oh, you got stepped away from the table? Maybe. See what happens when you step away from the table? I don't remember that at all. You miss classic movements. All right, we have another one from Melissa Margison. What is the favorite part about your job? I get to work at home in shorts and a t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking underwear. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking naked, but what if? Do you picture Kevin in his underwear often? Okay. <laughs> you picture you in Kevin's underwear? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I might need some suspenders. <laughs> or, a, or Julie likes to call it a dress. <laughs> I'll bring you in a pair. What about you, Corey? Um, working from home and the instant gratification of doing something, putting it up right away. And, and seeing what happens yes. with it. Yep. I agree. I agree. Anybody else? I think being able to talk Disney with other people that they don't think I'm crazy because, you know, friends and relatives go, oh, she's going to talk Disney again. So with my job, I get to talk Disney all the time and nobody thinks I'm crazy. Yes, we do, but we just (laughs) don't don't say it to you. We say it when you're not here. We were brought up right. I enjoy my wonderful co-workers and the lovely working environment. (laughs) Yeah, where is it again? (laughs) I was waiting on that. (laughs) I think I just threw up a little. (laughs) (laughs) And working in my nightgown at home. Okay, suck up. (laughs) Go like this. You have something on your nose. (laughs) Let's see. I also Uh, enjoy photoshopping Pete and Walter's head on images. (gasps) That was freakish. (laughs) Here's one. Jennifer McCandish wants to know, during a podcast recording, has anyone ever gotten into an argument? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I recall. Kevin and I, Kevin and I had it out one uh, one day uh, over gay days. Mm-hmm. Um, we had very very strong differing opinions, and we had it out over gay days. And actually, we did not do a show that week. Mm-mm. That's how pissed off we both were. <laughs> I decided I was going to walk home. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like seventy miles. <laughs> After that, Bob's like, "Can I come to your house and eat my sandwich, please?" <laughs> Kevin got to the corner. <laughs> I was out of breath. Um, I think I think that's really the only that's the only time. Yeah, I think so. We've ever had. We've had discussions about things we disagree on. But, but yeah, I, can't no, 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 I mean nothing like. I mean well, that we one. That one. Recording the show. Yeah, that one. Like you know, shook the house. I mean, we mm-hmm. were we were going at it. Um, and we were in that small room too. Yeah, this oh, is before yeah. we expanded the size of the podcast room, and it was just this. You know, that room was what? 10 by 10, I think? Maybe, at most. There was Corey no room. and I were sitting in the closet. There was no room for a peanut gallery there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor Will. He was in the closet. <laughs> it was one of those little fold-up chairs. Yeah. Those little director's chairs. If, if Will only knew we told people that he was in the closet. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa Cruz wants to know who the hell is Jimmy Leonard. James Leonard is somebody, one of our listeners, who's a friend, on one of my friends on Facebook that I torment. I just for I don't know why I've chosen I, I chose to pick on him, but like every time we go somewhere, I'll do something on Facebook. Uh, you know, I'm I'm at Disney World and James Leonard isn't, um, 
I'm at Disneyland, and James Leonard isn't. I'm on the cruise, and James Leonard isn't. Uh, and then he, uh, he sent one of his flatties along uh, on our podcast cruise, and I took a picture, like, pointing at it and laughing because he wasn't there. Um, and now we've uh, started uh, doing pictures of each other. So Melissa Cruz was, is the one you described as smelling like butt. <laughs> so I don't just pick on Jimmy Leonard. He's a very good sport. He is a very, very, very good sport. And he's taken a lot of ribbing from me <laughs> over the past six months. No, not even six months. I started in February. Oh, and by the way, Walter has finally has a Facebook page. Yay. Oh. <laughs> Walter finally has a Facebook page. Welcome. It becomes addicting. You know, the, I check the, mine every day. When I was on it, it was actually fun. I was surprised. When we were going over it last night with Pete, I was like, wow, this is kind of... I loved your first post. I am getting ready to do the radio broadcast show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. My computer's been messing up. I had to get it while I could. Um, Elizabeth Waller asks, Pete, do the trolls on the Diz drive you insane? Do you, you never seem to let on just how much they how much time they must take up uh honestly i've got i got to tell you the truth uh, the vast majority of that stuff that goes on uh the other admins really deal with it they i don't have to deal with too much um every now and again i do especially if it's on the podcast board then i deal with it there but uh and we've had very few uh, very few problems with that on the podcast board. I mean, look, there are there are things that go on on the boards that most uh, most certainly drive me insane. Uh, but it's you know it, it's it goes with the territory. It you know when you're going to have boards that size, we've got fifty thousand people a day going through those boards, and you just can't have that many people and not have issues. So things do come up, and there are times, yes, where it does drive me insane, and I want to shut them down and say, go somewhere else. While we're on the boards, can I clarify something? That we do not filter competing companies. We only filter companies that we catch spamming yeah, the boards. I, I just wanted to, to yeah, mention Yeah, but that. by mentioning that, we're giving credence to something being said by somebody who doesn't deserve that okay. attention because right. you know none of, that, you. none of those criticisms were... Uh, None of those criticisms were genuine. Okay. Okay, there's an agenda there. He didn't get a job with us. He didn't get a job with us, so he's gone to be mayor of Bittertown, and he doesn't deserve our, he doesn't deserve our attention. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, th- yeah, there are, there, I mean, I'm, I won't say that it doesn't drive me crazy, but uh, I got to tell you, the, the other webmasters put up with a lot more than I do, and they volunteer their time doing it and as do the moderators there's also a lot of especially for the podcast board there's a lot of self-policing going on um the folks who are on the podcast board seem to be pretty savvy and they immediately pick up on somebody who's being a troll or causing trouble and they have their own ways of diffusing it so ipods twenty dollars get out of here (laughs) yeah uh michelle pritchett asked the question to the team when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a child psychologist. I was obsessed with 
books on child psychology? Well, we had a library. That was pretty much all there was to do. And I had a library card, and I read almost every book there. Oh, my. I was obsessed with it for some reason. Well, I wanted to be a librarian, so you could have come to my library. <laughs> the fun never ends, does it? <laughs> <laughs> astronaut. I wanted to be an astronaut. Then they told me I had to be really good at math. And I abandoned that idea almost immediately. So, but when I was a kid, it was definitely I wanted to be an astronaut. I was fascinated by that. I think therapist. Really? Even as a kid? Yeah. I waited too late to get my degree, but yeah. I think I, I would like to have gotten it earlier than I did. Well, I wanted to be a Disney lifeguard. <laughs> <laughs> aim low, aim low. <laughs> I know, high expectations. <laughs> He's not joking either. <laughs> Been there, done that. But I really, you know, Disney lifeguard slash artist, so I'm doing both. Well, I did both. John? John? I want to be Beyonce Knowles. <laughs> That's not realistic. No. Uh, I actually, this is so stupid. I want to be a garbage man. Really? I don't know why. As a kid, I wanted to be a garbage man. You wanted to ride on the back of a truck. I did. I wanted to hang over the back yep. of a truck and ride around. I thought it was sing cool. Judy Garland songs. <laughs> Smell garbage all day. <laughs> I just thought it was cool. I don't know. Kevin? I didn't have one of those things. I am, I was too interested in too many things. I, everything interested me when I was a kid. That it, it changed day to day. It never was, I never thought, I want to be a teacher, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a veterinarian. It was always, oh, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. And it just bounced around and I never want I didn't ever want to be famous I just was always fascinated by too much stuff to ever have that kind of you told me you used to practice writing your autograph I did I did because <laughs> I knew someday I was going to be really really good at something <laughs> people would want your autograph I did see and you were right you're very good at something and people do want your autograph it just I never I, I never had that sort of it was never that focused it was always Watch it unfold, I guess. What about you, Teresa? Teresa? A lawyer with 11 children. That was always my dream. Really? <laughs> I don't know why. A lawyer with 11 kids? I guess because I was always arguing with my parents. And my mom, from very early, would always say, you need to be a lawyer. So <laughs> I don't know where the 11 kids come from. After Max, I'd realize I brought the number down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Have you actually had one? I'm yeah. not even sure I want this one. <laughs> I actually did say that. <laughs> All right, Donna Beek, B-E-K-E. I call her Beaky, but... Beaky. <laughs> Question for everyone, but mostly Julie and Teresa. What is your favorite chocolate? Laura Secord. Oh, my God. It's from Canada. I can't get it here. It's only been sent to me, I, I believe, by her. Okay. But it, it knocks everything else I've ever had out of the water. Okay. Teresa? I'm basic. I like Godiva, but I also like just give me some Hershey candy. Some Publix no brand. No, no, no. no. It can't be no waxy candy. It's got. I like <laughs> Hershey. Palmer. No, it cannot be Palmer. We both have discussed that. Palmer is the worst chocolate around. Really? Mm-hmm. It is. It's the crap they put out around like Christmas. It's some nasty Christmas bunny rabbits with the fake stuff. eyes. And oh, it's, it's nasty. It's gross. It doesn't melt. But she is right. I mean, Hershey, they make some really, just a basic just Hershey basic bar. Just basic Hershey bar. Corey bought me a giant Hershey almond bar. Oh, it was so M&M's good. with almonds are good. 
Plain M and M. Oh, peanut M and Ms are good too. <laughs> <laughs> Reese cups. Sarah's chocolate. I do love Reese cups now. Mm. You just can't beat that chocolate. And you know, peanut butter. and other people have tried to reproduce. You know, make something with chocolate and peanut butter. It's not Mm-mm. the same. No. I do enjoy those when they're cold, right out the refrigerator. Ooh, I got to yeah. say that Bissinger's chocolate that we it got set was that was really very good. good. Yes, really good. you could tell that was a high end chocolate. Really, really good chocolate. Chiurgen brought me chocolate on the cruise, and when she asked me how it was, my daughters are like, "My mom didn't even share with me." It was like the chocolate was for me. So, I like Toblerone too. <gasps> Toblerone, oh, oh yeah, that's I would good move too. to Switzerland if I could just live in the Toblerone factory. Mountains <laughs> of Toblerone. <laughs> My rating of chocolate depends on the proximity of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> like if there's really good chocolate, I won't eat those little squares they leave on your pillow in the stateroom. But if there's nothing else around, those are the best things in the world. <laughs> Do you know that happened on the cruise because people gave me so much really good chocolate; those things got thrown away. Uh-huh, right. You know, you're right, John. That is true. If you have to have chocolate, I'll dig around and find just about anything. But you're right, Julie. Bad chocolate. Or was it Teresa? Bad chocolate is bad chocolate. It is. You know who uses a lot of bad chocolate? Disney, when they do those decorations on the top of a dessert. Uh-huh. And it's really more for show than yeah. for tasting. It has right. no real taste to it at all. Yeah, you can eat it, but the question is, should you? Right. You know. Does anybody like that cookies and cream Hershey bar? Ooh, that's good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. all good, all good. <laughs> I like white chocolate too, and I know it's not chocolate. I know, I know, I know, I know. Then why do they call it that? I don't care. You know, <laughs> it's still good. I'm, I agree with you. A rose by any other name, right, right, Kevin? All right. Well, that will do it for our first shot at Facebook to Facebook. Maybe we'll try this again in another month or so and ask us more questions so well thanks everybody for submitting your uh, submitting your uh, questions and Kevin Close has a review of the new restaurant Paradiso 37 over at Downtown Disney so this sounds like an interesting restaurant what did you think? Um, I, I have I thought it was okay I kind of whenever I do a restaurant review I do I kind of have a preconceived notion of what the restaurant's going to be like. I really walked into this not knowing anything about it. Um, most Disney restaurants, you have some idea of what you're walking into. This I didn't. I had heard it was all South American food. That when they first did this blurb, it was going to be Central and South American food. And I found that not to be the case at all. Uh, it's on Pleasure Island. It's right up next to where the Adventurers Club is. It's got a nice open area outside there's a lot of seating outside and there's a very small sign on two sides of the restaurant that unless you were really looking for it i don't think there's a lot of show to it it doesn't there's not a lot of theming other than restaurant we walked in and we were seated pretty quickly they had we were there on the second day they have a very energetic staff it seemed at the time that they had uh, one staff member per customer there was just a lot of people there. However, we also watched as there was a lot of the managers there. This is, I think, one of the e-restaurants. And there were a lot e-brands. of people. E-brands. And there were a lot of people in shirts and ties. So I have a feeling that the opening team was there to make sure that everything ran right. This is on uh, a couple levels. There's a downstairs and an upstairs. There is a small elevator 
a very small elevator, but you can also access the second floor from outside. There's an outside ramp, so if you don't want to use the elevator. We were brought the menu, and it was explained that Paradiso 37 is food representing 37 countries in Central, South, and North America. I can't name the 37 countries, but... (laughs) It's such a wide variety that... It's kind of surprising that they would have that wide a variety of cuisines. And I'm going to be honest with you. It reminds me... Now, John and I had this discussion coming over in the car. It reminds me of a Friday's. And I'm not talking about in theming. I'm not talking... The menu is so eclectic. It reminds me of a Friday's menu where you can get a Chinese salad or you can get a steak covered in Jack Daniels or you can get wonton chicken wrappers. And it's just that kind of menu. Uh, A couple of other things. I have a feeling this restaurant is going to be popular. It was lively. It's got a wide variety. I'll go over some of the stuff that we ordered. But it also is – it's located in an area that I think people are looking especially – I'm not even making whole sentences. People are looking for something to do at night. This restaurant is open until 1 a.m., and it's a restaurant with a bar, and the bar takes up a good portion of the restaurant. It also has a bar feeling to it. I noticed that in the photos. I was like, I would take a break there. Yeah. On weekends, they're going to have live music starting at like 4 or 5 o'clock. There was a guitarist there. Um it's it sort of boasts the fact that it has thirty seven different flavors of tequila, and they have that giant tequila wall. Right, so it's very very cool. The other thing they boast is that they serve the coldest beer anywhere in the world. That your beer is too cold to hold. I'll be the judge of that. All beer is served. <laughs> all of their beer is served at twenty nine degrees Fahrenheit. So. I wonder if it loses its taste like that though. Well, some beers you, you don't want them that cold. They kind of. But light beers you do. Now, before we get going on what we actually had, I have to tell you that there was there was something that we just found hilarious. When we first sat down, you're given these, you know how they wrap silverware in napkins? You're given, an, it's that sort of side work thing that they do where you get the, nap, the silverware wrapped up in the napkin. You open up your napkin and put your silver on top of it. Well, they immediately dropped off more napkins. And we thought, okay. Well, as our food started to come and our, our food started to arrive, we could not get over that every time we touched one of those napkins, somebody would come and snatch it off the table and replace it with new napkins. It got to the point where we were putting our elbows on them to see what they would do. I think during the course of our meal, how many napkins do you think we had? 70? Must have been. I'm not exaggerating. Every time we touched it, someone would take it and put new napkins on the table. A pile of them. So, they did the same that's thing with weird. The, yeah, it was it's, weird. They did the same thing with our silverware, too. If our silverware looked like it was used at all, it quickly got taken up and you got a new fork. So that gets annoying. Eye. Yeah. Yes. It, it, it was very wasteful. And Kevin uses the silverware when he takes a picture of the food to get um, a size representation. This right. is your portion size. Right. He used a fresh fork, put it next to the dish, and next thing you know, the guy came and swooped and took it away. This also seems like pre-restaurant opening server yeah. training right. you know they, they they drill these things in you if you see it take it right. see it take it replace you, it you know the little when you rip the top off a sweet and low packet and you have that little thing that little top pack I don't know how else to describe it I laid it on the table I put some uh, sweet and low in my iced tea 
And this man came out of nowhere and swooped it up before I had finished dumping the tea out. He took that little scrap. And it was one of those things that at first it was kind of humorous. After a while, it was like, leave it alone. Just It's annoying. Stop. Yeah, it just gets annoying. But I think Corey's right. I think this is all opening day stuff. Right. Is all we're really You're going to see some of this you. fade off. Yeah. The first page of the menu is a bunch of different tequilas. It, this is alcohol plays a big part in this restaurant. Uh, the second page of the menu is all their different frozen drinks and their on the rocks drinks. The third page of the menu is different wines, wines of the Americas, it's called. Uh, the fourth page of the menu is uh, the world's coldest draft beer. Again, it's twenty nine degrees Fahrenheit. They pride themselves on that. And then the fifth page, you actually start the food. And I'm just going to read you some of the appetizers. Uh, Central American crazy corn, which is fire roasted corn on the cob topped with a spicy yellow pepper sauce and chef's special cheeses. I don't know about you. Eating corn on the cob in a restaurant, it just it's not one of those things I would ever do. It's just it's way too messy. Um, Caribbean crab and fish fritters. North American corn dogs. When I tell you the menu is eclectic, it's really eclectic. We did order the North American corn dogs. They're little bite-sized corn dogs, and they come with a honey or a honey Dijon dipping sauce. That's I'm going to guess you got thirteen or fourteen of these little corn dogs, and that was seven fifty. That's pretty good. Uh, we also ordered the mac and cheese bites, which was fried, crisp on the outside, creamy on the inside, and served with a jalapeno and cilantro yeah, it dipping sauce. It does sound sauce. like Fridays. It's like th- that's kind of what it reminded me of. They also have Yucatan style shrimp ceviche, uh, Argentinian chorizo skewers. Served in a dusty soccer field. <laughs> <laughs> I love Will and Grace. Um, Argentina. Oh, I read that. Uh, Peruvian beef skewers, chili con carne, uh, Mexican guacamole, Mexican salsa trio. It's a wildly, wildly eclectic. Oh, North American potato pancakes, which were just that. It was potato pancakes served with sour cream. We ordered those two. Uh, Quesadillas, queso fundido, and Salvadorian pupusas. Taste the flavor of the streets of El Salvador with our pupusa sampler. It's paradiso soft pockets stuffed with authentically seasoned meat, fish, and vegetables and served with Serrano stew. Everything's in the 7 to $10 range on the appetizers. Uh, we did order a couple of entrees. They have street subs and sandwiches, a paradiso cheeseburger. Now, we did see somebody at another table order this. This is not a huge burger and is $12.99. This is uh, not a huge serving of food for twelve ninety nine. It's a burger and fries. Uh, street cart dog. Uh, if you want the hot dog, it's with fries. It's eight ninety nine. If you want it with chili, it's nine ninety nine. But they also have some more unusual things, like a prickly pear shrimp salad. Uh, they also have. Baja favorites, which is basic Mexican food. We did order two dinners for the the three of us. We ordered something called the Colombian style whole crispy hen. This was seventeen ninety nine. It was a chicken marinated with onions, garlic, lemon, and cilantro, and served with street style potato pancakes and roasted carrots. This was by far the smallest chicken I have ever seen. It was about the size, and it was a full chicken. It was about the size of a baseball. No. 
Like a Cornish smaller game a hen? Cornish, uh, but, yeah. Even smaller? Even smaller than a Cornish game hen. Wow. It was definitely chicken. We ate it. I think you ate pigeon. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it tasted like chicken. It was... After we got our meals and we ate and everything had flavor to it, we all decided that this was the kind of place that if you were looking to hang out, this was an appetizer kind of place, that the two entrees we tried were kind of pricey for what we got. John ordered the Argentinian skirt steak, which is a marinated grilled skirt steak, that's hard to say, topped with uh, caramelized onions and chimichurri sauce and served with fries. This was a skirt steak wrapped around a skewer so that it was about the size of a baseball. It, what did you think? I thought it was great. I have a problem with you likening the menu to a Friday's menu only because I think the the choices, there's it's very eclectic. I think the flavors are very uh, rich. I don't think it's sort of that just this bar foodie. See, I wasn't comparing, I'm not comparing it to a Friday's menu. I don't want people to get that imp- opinion that you're when was the last time you were on Fridays? Their menu's very eclectic. I mean, you can get everything from chicken wings to other things. <laughs> <laughs> That's their motto. It just, it, it, the menu, I, I can't think of anything else to compare it to other than a Friday's menu with the, the kind of appetizers and stuff they had. One thing that turned me off was they, they serve the appetizers in these uh, silver cups. Like, like funnels, of, like almost. funnels, and they had the paper inside and the the mm-hmm. appetizing. And they looked great, and they were sort of piled up high and overflowing. And after you ate a few, you realized that the bottom of this thing was false. It was like a fake bottom. So they, they had stuffed bought. it with paper. And it oh was my. like, I'm being gypped. There should be more of these wow. in here. I would feel the same way. However, I thought they. I thought the food was good. We had. Um, uh, what did we have? What were the potato pancakes mm-hmm. yeah, potato pancakes I thought were very good well it's interesting they call it street foods of the Americas um, I think that fits I think it's sort of kind of sort of be you know things you get at a fair yeah. or at a street festival I mean the first four pages are all alcohol yeah right. it's very alcohol intensive it's very still centers I think around being a bar and just having bar snack foods. Well, I'm kind of glad that Pleasure Island is, you know, offering something like this. I think you know? it's a great addition. To I don't want to. I don't want to push people away who think they're going into a bar. This was very, very family friendly. There were a lot of families there with kids. There's a, a great kids menu available. I can't say that the prices on the wine are particularly ridiculous. I mean, bottles of wine are running anywhere from twenty three to forty dollars, which is pretty standard fare. Um, outside of Disney. Uh, you know, this is not what I would consider to be a high-end restaurant. First of all, they don't take tables in Wonderland. I, they are on the dining plan. No, they're not. No, oh, they're, they're not, not on the dining plan no. yet. I'm sorry. I, we also ordered dessert, and I have to tell you that the dessert menu. I thought the dessert menu was fun. John ordered a popsicle. They I, make homemade popsicles every really? day. Really? I just wanted to see what it was. That's different. And How was it? it it was flavorful. It was nice. It was small. And it was three bucks. And it's a popsicle. Their serving ware is either huge white dishes or these little metal containers. This came in what looked like a little metal cup with one of those papers sticking in it. And the popsicle was just stuck in it. We also ordered the churros, which are, you can get them in any park, but it was served with a really nice caramel sauce. And we saw another table order this, and we did it sort of to surprise my mom. They have four mini ice cream cones. 
in a homemade waffle cone. And when I tell you they're mini, they're about the size of my index finger, about four inches, three and a half inches long. I would say you get a tablespoon of ice cream. A tablespoon of ice cream, four different varieties of ice cream. The really funny thing was the serving mechanism. These come out on a square piece of metal, and then they have these plastic ice cream-shaped holders, which are magnetic, and they stick them to the metal tray. So when they bring them out to you, your four ice cream cones are sticking up in the air. My Mm. mother was under the impression that you were supposed to pull the magnetic thing off the tray and eat the ice cream cone in the little holder. And we had a great deal of fun watching her putting the ice cream cone back down because the magnet was strong enough that it would like make everything pop up. She just couldn't <laughs> get the hang out of her hand. <laughs> it was funny. She couldn't get the hang of the fact that you could tormented take- your poor mother. It was. It's the kind of place I think you'll have a good time. I don't. I think if you go in with expectations that you're basically getting. Bar food. That's what I. I keep saying that, and he keeps telling me no. It's got well, better I mean, bar, flavor. You know because bar food doesn't necessarily mean it's bad food. I guess that's my problem. I equate bar food to being what no, you eat I've because some, you're drunk and you're starving and right. you eat anything that's in front of you. No, it's that's more. How I it's more pub it. fare. It's I. It, it was tasty. It was very very tasty. How much was it? The check for the three of us. The three of us was eighty six dollars before the tip. Um, again, it's you know. Three people, three entree, three no. appetizers, two entrees, three desserts, and you had a tea. So it's a little on the pricey side, but I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a great addition. Now I'm trying to get a it feeling. Sounds, it sounds good. I'm trying to get a feeling for the outside uh, seating area. Does it? Is there seat, outside seating on the water and yes. also in yes. the front that faces the, the Pleasure show. Island? No, the, the facade that faces out into the street is just the facade. Then there's it's elevated because there's ramps up to it. It's elevated above the one below it because of the slope of the hill. But there's a seating area there between the two buildings, and then there's also seating around on the water. The seating wraps from the side of the building facing down Pleasure Island to behind the water. Okay, so the bar area that I'm looking at right now is not facing the water. It's no. on the side of the building? Right. They okay, are gotcha. I see this doing well. I see this being very, very popular, but I also see it being one of those things that we don't know what we want to eat. This is not Disney theming, in my opinion. This restaurant could be plopped down outside of any mall. It could be plopped down in any city anywhere. It's not really a Disney-themed restaurant. Which is good, because if you go to Raglan Road, you know, it's it's very... uh you know, the menu, you know what you're going to get. Same mm-hmm. with Bongo's. Uh, House of Blues is going to be Cajun food. Right. What I think is going to be really a good draw for this is the fact that it's right there by the boat launch. So you're going to be able to get on the boat, go back to any of the resorts on the water, or take that take the boat over and enjoy a nice meal. It's also nice that, nice that it's open late. Yeah. Now, I would assume I, we were there at 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday, and the guitar player had already started. Uh, when you say late, when it's open until 1 a.m. Oh, okay, cool. And the other thing is, I, I, I talk a lot about when a restaurant is really noisy. I kind of find it unnerving, especially if you're in a fine dining atmosphere. This is a loud, upbeat music, but it fits the environment, so you kind of expect it. It's a bustling kind of place. And I have a feeling at as night gets later, as the night gets later, it's going to become more bar-like than restaurant-like. Oh, yeah. With the live music and the... I I have a feeling that 
I still think it will be family friendly because they do sell. They do have family friendly entrees and appetizers. There were a, we saw a lot of people come and go in this restaurant. It wasn't ever full packed, but there was a lot of activity. We watched the people around us with kids. Everybody finished everything in front of them. That's the one thing we look for in a restaurant: what's being sent back, what's not being eaten. Everybody seemed to have, enjoy the food that was given to them. So this might be a nice addition to uh, downtown Disney. I think it's definitely a nice addition. Seems like it. It's Good. yeah. I wouldn't call it a bargain. I mean, the food still yeah for Disney property. It's average. It is what it is. But it's one of those things that if you did, if you were with a party and you couldn't decide if you wanted Irish food or if you wanted Cuban food right. or Cajun, this is one of those places that there's going to be something on this menu for everybody. everybody. They serve the food at the bar, so if you're mm-hmm. looking for that experience, and maybe. outside. I think it's going to be popular. I really do. Well, let's hope so. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much for that, Kevin. Thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed listening. That is going to do it for this week's episode of The Diz Unplugged. Just want to remind everybody that we will not have a show next week as Teresa, Walter, and I are going to be out of town. So we will be back with you again in two weeks with another edition of The Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. And remember... Stay out of the damn lakes.